Good evening and welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Uh, no Gordino with us this evening, just your usual host, me and Harry. Harry, welcome. How are you doing tonight, man? Doing wonderful. How about yourself, man? We uh, we got two kiddos under the weather. Um, I'm starting to feel a little bit, maybe the next victim. So uh, I think we're going to keep this one a little bit short and sweet uh, here this evening. But other than that, man, uh, went for my first run today and probably three or four months, uh, a couple buddies downloaded uh, like this Under Armour app okay. where you can like challenge each other and it'll like track how far each person's ran in like a given period of time. So uh, I did my first mile and a half in a, in a little while and uh, it's, it's going to be tough, but uh, I'll keep you guys updated. <clears throat> so uh, you don't want to finish in last, maybe not necessarily first, but you don't want to be the guy uh, at the end of the pack is what I'm understanding. That's that's exactly it. Or I'll be the guy that's ran the shortest distance but done it the fastest because then I can be like, oh, yeah, but that mile time. You know what I mean? I, it's all about that mile time. It was a four-minute mile. <laughs> Versus like uh, six, you know, eight minute miles or what they're all like already up to like six and seven mile runs. So we'll see how this goes. But all I can say other than that, man, just uh, another day at the office. Uh, you know, we had talked about potentially maybe postponing uh, tonight's show. But with so much news and everything this last week, it's like, how could we not do a show tonight? So, yeah, especially today, I, you know, normally we would type up some show notes, but, you know, I was a little under the weather myself and. It's a good thing I didn't because we would have had to scrap half of it with, you know, news from UPSL and SAFC dropping, you know, late this afternoon, so. Yeah, so one of the exciting announcements, I guess, just to uh, jump right into the show, we're going to uh, skip a little bit of the high school news this evening. We'll uh, we'll catch back up with that uh, next week and uh, get everybody updated. Um, obviously, Central Catholic uh, still playing in the tournament. They had a pretty impressive win on uh, Monday. Um, so uh, best of luck to them as they continue uh, there in the TAPS state playoffs. But uh, just kind of jumping right into uh, a little bit of uh, semi-professional news here in San Antonio. Uh, we saw the announcement that the San Antonio Athenians are going to be taking on the Pumas Feminil uh, from Liga MX uh, on March 3rd. So they're, uh, I hate to say inaugural match. What would you call it, Harry? What's a, what's a good word for this this game that they've got coming up on March 3rd? Um, yeah, it wouldn't be a first. To me, it's almost like a welcome back or, you know, it's, yeah, you know, second impression, I guess you could say, because, you know, they took a season off after, uh, you know, after I thought was a pretty successful first year, especially, you know, with fans in, in the attendance, I know, um, on the pitch, uh, they just missed the playoffs, if memory serves me correct, mm -hmm. and there was some shenanigans with the team from Houston, I believe that took away some points that if they would have had those points, uh, you know, might've seen, might've seen the season progress if memory serves me right. But, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, the Athenians coming back and, you know, uh, you know, I, I, it'll be a crowded women's, uh, women's, uh, soccer scene here in San Antonio, but I guess that goes with the men as well. So more soccer is always better. And speaking of the men and, and speaking of announcements in soccer here in San Antonio, it, it looks like we have the rebirth of a uh, former San Antonio semi-professional club with the uh, Corinthians announcement um, and, and them coming back. So uh, I want to talk a little bit more uh, about the Athenians and, and I was out there uh, at their practice here in a little bit, but I'm just curious kind of to get your thoughts uh, when you first saw the announcement with the Corinthians 
Uh, for those who aren't aware, this was a little bit before my time even. Walk everybody through just kind of that. Do you, are you familiar with the, the backstory and the history of, of the Corinthians here in San Antonio, Harry? I know they what they were here for a year. Um, they actually played, uh, the, I want to say it was the Scorpions back in the Open Cup era. Um, That's exactly and, right. Yeah. No. So, you know, and I think they were kind of a one season and then they were gone, you know, kind of gone the next season um, as well. But no, they, they, they played, you know, uh, a quality. I, I do think, you know, the, you know, they've updated their, their, their badge and, and, you know, I don't, I think they may have the best kit in San Antonio. Um, you know, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but uh, I really, enjoy, you know, really love their uh, new kit that, you know, they posted out on, uh, a couple of days after Valentine's Day. So um, to me, they used to play over on our side of, of town, you know, on the northwest side side of town here. Uh, from my if memory serves me right, they were building, they were actually building a facility uh, for it. And then, then just, you know, you know, they're here and gone, which, you know, unfortunately can happen with, you know, lower level teams uh, for that here. So, um, I don't know all the back drama of what happened, but, but I'm glad that they're back because, you know, they, they were, you know, you know, at least for, you know, the one, I think it was one year, maybe two years that they played, uh, you know, they had, they had a, they had an imprint on San Antonio. Yeah. So they kind of started off uh, how it was explained to me, because as I mentioned, it was a little bit before my time. They did have the uh, pinnacle or kind of the climax there with the uh, open cup match versus the Scorpions. Um, but it kind of started off just as like a, a Sunday league team mm-hmm. um, and then eventually just got more competitive and more competitive and put some pieces in place and started winning some statewide tournaments and stuff like that. And, you know, eventually made it, as you mentioned, all the way up there to the uh, U.S. Open Cup match uh, uh, versus the Scorpions. So kind of a, a pretty neat story uh, that, you know, I, I kind of knew bits and pieces of, but um you know, I, I don't know if my Sunday league team uh, is a bit ambitious, but uh, it's a good goal for a Sunday league team to eventually play against somebody like San Antonio FC out there at uh, Toyota Field, you know. But uh, we're excited for them. Um, they're still kind of trying to figure out what league they're going to play in. Um, you know, there's been some speculation around potentially the Corinthians joining the UPSL also. Um, but, you know, we were kind of just looking at that heart conference there and, and the number of teams that they have and – kind of how Matt uh, Kalaw is uh, wanting to set up this league. And it looks like uh, that that Central Heart Conference is pretty full, wouldn't you say? Uh, well, yes and no, because you got to remember, you know, they've got eight teams in it. So I think, you know, the, the what, Premier Division, I think, is what they have it called. Mm-hmm. Now, in the fall, there's going to be a second division because uh, Alamo City is going to be starting uh, in there, you know, in, in that division. So – to me, there's room, it, you know, now they won't play spring, you know, you know, which kicks off in a couple months, but if they don't got a roster, you know, it might be better to wait till what is what August, you know, September timeframe when, when typically the fall kicks off mm-hmm. um, for, you know, so I think it might, you give them a little bit more time to be able to build that roster, you know, make sure they have everything set, but I think there is room. Um, and especially if you got, you know, the promotion, uh, you know, aspect involved, you know, theoretically, you know, you could have, you know, four or five teams in the area, but, you know, you know, what's the odds of all four being up, you know, for instance, let's say four San Antonio teams, if you had Alabama City, the Corinthians, Samba, and the Runners 
all in, you know, the, the, the top conference, you know, it could happen, but, you know, most likely it would take a couple of years to, to build up to that. And, you know, you'd have to have, you know, great success, which, which for San Antonio would be awesome to see. Right. Um, and and so, obviously eight teams is kind of the sweet spot right there. Correct. Right. Cause you know, that creates a uh, 16 games and then two seasons, 32 game seasons. So the numbers just kind of work out right there at that 18 spot. Um, and as you mentioned, with the pro rail, you know, you'd have two teams moving up and two teams moving down, basically, is the way that they well, would Well, I don't know up. how many would be moving up or moving I, down. You, I spoke to Matt. Oh, yeah, it would be he, two. He okay. said they're looking at, at, at a number of two for the pro rail. And maybe that's just when they're first starting, but he, he did mention to me that they were looking well, which at Which would make sense, too. Yeah. So. So, so, as you mentioned, I mean, there's some good teams in that division, though. So, you say, you know, what are the odds of all four San Antonio teams making it when you look at some of the teams that are there in that division and historically how strong they've been? You know, it, it, it might be pretty difficult for all four teams to make it if you're only promoting two up, you know, and dropping two down. Right, and you'd have to have that consistency as well. You know, you'd have to have that foundation um, to be able to do it. So, you know, I would be for it because they're in different parts of the area. I think that, you know, the Corinthians is, is going to be playing um, with the Athenians, uh, what, 1604, you know, on, on north side, um area correct here yeah as you mentioned um, they, they do have that complex uh kind of right over there by actually where Waventus is, is building their academy almost uh, in that same general area behind ingram park mall oh it's gonna be more oh so it's gonna be closer to our site here. It, it, it's right over there yeah it's already there they've got a, a it's a turf field um you know it's not a huge complex or anything like mm -hmm. that but they're kind of dividing it up right now with corinthians on one side athenians on the other but yeah it's a a neat little setup just kind of right there in the heart of a neighborhood, almost exactly uh, like the Waventus Training Academy is going to be. So, yeah, it's right over there. Well, I think that, you know, if you look at, you know, European or, you know, you know, South American or Central American, that, that's usually how it's done is, is especially for lower leagues, it's in the neighborhoods, you know, in the neighborhoods and, and, and you build around that, uh, you, know, you know, for and that's that's how you build that that local base. Um, so to me, like I said here, we're, we're it would go perfectly um, in, in, into the pro rel. In, in, into the pro rel. And, and like I said here, um, you know, you could, you know, you could argue maybe the team that would be impacted the most would be the runners because, you know, they do draw talent from, you know, from this side of town as well. So um, Samba, I think where they're more, you know, on the East and, and South side, I don't know how impact, you know, impacted that they'd be other than maybe a few of the kids from, you know, from, you know, from the West side or, you know, downtown might you know might go more you know towards the uh, corinthians but it, it would be interesting um i've always thought that the landing spot would be the gulf coast league mm -hmm. um and pete's you know, still just, looking at that as well just you know but there's a lot more travel in there and to me that would be the thing that you'd have to look at the cost i, I know you know there's a team up in austin the, the central texas uh, you know, texas team um that does play it so they're kind of on an island all by themselves out here so to me, that's where I initially thought because, you know, initially we, you know, it was thought that, hey, UPSL might not be an option. Um, but if it is an option, like I said, I, you know, I think it would be a good thing and, you know, for, you know, for both um, mm -hmm. to do it, especially as you're trying to build up the, you know, build up the here tiers. in Texas. Yeah, absolutely. No, it makes sense. You know, they have a goal uh, that they're trying to hit of a thousand teams in the UPSL. Obviously, once Pro Rel is in place, mm -hmm. so the only way you're going to hit that mark is, like you said, to start building those markets. And I think that would give them like four teams, kind of uh, total, uh, with the the north end and the heart for that uh, championship, that two conference kind of tier already for the UPSL by adding that second 
San Antonio team in there. I think it's kind of already starting to take shape a little bit, um, not just for the Central Heart Division, but uh, up north as well. Well, up north already got it. I think they've, okay. they've already got the two because I think in the in, here I can pull it up here real quick here. They already have the. I think it's six teams in the uh, top conference. Let me see how they have it labeled here. Yeah, because we were looking at the conferences, and a lot of them are right there, kind of at that six seventeen mark where they're already kind of filling up. And and like I said, that was kind of the. Um, answer that I got from Matt on just asking if there may be the potential of any more San Antonio teams is that that championship division is kind of where they're starting to look to add teams now outside of the ones that are already in the market. Yeah. So there's seven teams in the pro premier North division. Okay. And there's six teams in the championship uh, division. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, they are already filled uh, So up. they've already got four or 13, 13 teams, teams. Um, involved on that where the heart has eight, um, the conference that's still um, still is kind of behind is, is the is the South because um, they've only got six. So um, I haven't heard of any uh, promotion relegation talk with them as of yet. Um, I think Matt's probably looking, you know, with the success that he's had, you know, going going on north and mm-hmm. even dipping into uh, Oklahoma at this time here. There's there's a couple Oklahoma teams up north um, that are in. Uh, the the pro premier, um, and then like I said, I think I think his goal right now is is working down south, and this also does not include Keen because uh, right. you know, from everything I understand, Keen is coming back. So um, you know, the fall you're probably going to have a couple more teams that were in last year, and I think there was what uh, team up north. So I know of two teams. I, I forget what the name of the other one. Uh, I want to say it was D- not Dallas City, but. Uh, one of the one of the other teams up north that's taken the spring off and coming back in, or you know supposedly coming back in in, in the fall. So I know there's two more teams that are, you know, scheduled to come back that um, are not playing in the spring. So that would give you, um, you know, you know, especially if they're you know if Keen's in, I think Keen was in the north, right? Um, so that would give you what another two teams up there. So that would be what nine and six, 15 total teams without any other expansions. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we'll just have to wait and see kind of what goes on uh, up there in, in the UPSL and everything. Um, I know we, we spoke to Matt uh, this evening and uh, he's going to come back on the show again, again soon. So me and you spoke about uh, trying to get him on uh, obviously before the season starts. Sorry, I'm just seeing like my cat's tail shadow in the background here and it's throwing me off a little bit. But um, yeah, so we'll get him back on the show uh, before we um, start the season and uh, get to talk to him again. So I know he uh, he was really looking forward to uh, talking to you about some more pro-rel. And uh, 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 as you mentioned, his new Central Conference manager is looking to try and add some additional teams right now and really build up that second tier. So I, I know, like you said, that is kind of primarily their focus. And I do know, you know, and, and other news uh, uh, has to do with um, Matt is he had a little bit more duties added on with uh, um, John stepping down, um, you know, Rex Roach stepping down as the uh, women's conference uh, uh, leader um, or director there. Um, so that was announced earlier this afternoon as well. Um, so, you know, John sent, uh, sent out a release saying that, uh, you know, with his commitments with Samba FC, um, that he wants to put more time and, and 
you know, be able to devote to that job. And, you know, he wears a lot of hats with Samba, you know, especially doing the men's and women's and um, I believe they have Academy as well, but, you know, I don't think, think that he promotes uh, a whole lot, but if memory serves me right, he's also got some academies that he works with. And I know he does the high school um, coaching, the high school coaching mm-hmm. as well. So um, his plate's pretty full. And, and like I said, I know he did a good job getting the league started and, 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 you know, and the tweet from Matt's is that he's going to work with the uh, new UPSL uh, central, uh, you know, manager, uh, you know, on the men's side, um, while also focusing a little bit on the women's side. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that, how that transition works uh, for Matt. Uh, you know, he isn't quite able to pull away from Texas as of yet. As of yet. Not quite. So he said, uh, you know, he'd make himself available to us uh, for as long as he could. So uh, we're going to hold him to that. And uh, sounds like uh, we might get to uh, talk to him a few more times here in this uh, upcoming UPSL season. But uh, just kind of getting back to the Athenians, uh, we're going to have some more information on the Athenians and obviously be following them this year. Uh, upcoming match, March 3rd versus Pumas. We kind of speculated that, you know, if there might be an international team that came to San Antonio, Athenians might be the one to bring them back here. Uh, quite an announcement. We're going to leave it up to our uh, fan or people that watch the show. we got to come up with a, a match or a name for this because, like I said, I keep wanting to say inaugural because it feels like almost an inaugural, they're coming back, you know, type game. Rebirth. I like it. The rebirth of the San Antonio Athenians. Uh, I should also say the same thing for the Corinthians as well. That's true. That's true. Well, so they've got that upcoming match on uh, March 3rd. Uh, So uh, tickets already on sale. They're they're $10. Um, We've kind of been sharing the the link on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, A few interesting stories, though. We're going to be bringing you guys some interviews. Uh, Benji is going to be actually kind of in charge of their media and stuff like that. So um, he's obviously said that anybody we want to talk to or anything like that, any kind of access that we need for that, you know, he's more than willing to help us out with that. Um, So... Jessica Bell, uh, obviously one of the big names who played for the Athenians that's uh, that's back out on the pitch, um, suffered an injury in a friendly versus a all-women's military team after the mm-hmm. uh, Defenders' Cup two years ago. And, uh, you know, always unfortunate to see an injury like that uh, in a friendly that, you know, you just kind of put together for the uh, good of the sport and everything. But uh, it was really good to see her back out there on the field because she's been rehabbing for, like I say, about the last year and a half. Um, she said that she can play okay, uh, but, you know, it, it still affects her sometimes and it still hurts sometimes. She said in the cold it almost uh, feels better just because it's so numb that there isn't any pain there. <laughs> um, but so she's still suffering through that. So it'll be interesting to watch her this upcoming season, kind of see, you know, what she's able to do. She's had to kind of change the way that she plays a little bit. Not as much of a speedster anymore like she used to be, kind of lost a right. step there. So having to compensate in some different ways. But um Obviously, another fan favorite, Michelle Hogan, uh, who many may know as Billy Forbes' fiance. I don't think they've officially tied the knot yet. Um, but mm, I thought they did. Did they get married? And I should know this. I, I don't know why I don't know this. But that was uh, in uh, Billy's last year in Phoenix. Oh, that's why. Obviously, not, you know, not to rub it in, Billy, but. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people would have attended Billy. Thanks, man. I lost my invite in the mail because you were in Phoenix. But no, I, th- I think a lot of people are happy to uh, see her back along with Billy. You know, they're kind of a, a soccer couple here in San Antonio there for a little while uh, before moving out to Phoenix. So uh, it was good to see her and, and catch up with her again and 
now that she's back in San Antonio. And then uh, Katie Ann and Kelly Lochte, obviously two other, you know, UTSA players who uh, play in there for the Athenians. So they've got a core group of players, uh, you know, probably seven or eight core players that, that came back. Uh, Isabel Valdez, who was the uh, Mexican national player, uh, is supposed to be coming back. She hasn't been able to return yet. So uh, it's kind of cool seeing all the girls come back and everything and uh, should be interesting to follow them this season. Um, like I said, we'll be bringing you guys a lot more interviews and information and stuff like that with some of those players and just kind of trying to get some more information on on what it's like. And, and one thing that we might also want to do is, is I haven't heard of anything about the Blossoms at all recently. Mm -hmm. um, I think, that, you know, I think it was Alamo City as well uh, was also looking at a women's team, um, the, the, the WPSL. Um, now there's also, well, it's not also, you know, they are also playing in, in the UPSL. So that might be something that we kind of look at to see, you know, how the other teams are, are coming along. Cause that season kicks off, right? April. You know, typically in May. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think the, you know, a lot of the trials and, and, and the practices and stuff like that, they'll start, you know, kind of uh, at the beginning of April and stuff like that. Obviously they're already out there now kind of on Fridays and stuff like that in an informal, it's more of an informal capacity. If you want to come out, come out and train, kind of thing um but yeah we'll definitely be following up not just with the athenians but with those other teams that you mentioned as well because yeah they, they definitely should be uh starting to uh practice and stuff like that if not you know having tryouts and everything i know they're going to try and do some tryouts for the uh, corinthians this saturday over mm -hmm. there at warrior stadium they have that partnership there with uh, cornerstone that is uh, very important to them. Um, so uh, that's kind of where the majority of their games are going to be played is, is there at Warrior Stadium, and, and that's where they're going to have their tryouts. So I it looks like the Blossoms do have a – so it's here the, you know, on their website here that, uh, you know, will be held March 12th and 13th. So 12th and 13th. Um, it does show – yeah, 2019. So, yeah, it does show that uh, they do also got some, some stuff coming up in less than a month away from here but the, the problem with the blossoms it, you know looks to be the same as was last year with with no social media presence so well you know in, in some of these teams uh as we continue to see kind of the development especially of these academy systems i feel like mm -hmm. you know with the upsl academy system that's kind of starting to take root and everything i think you're going to see a lot of these teams that are focused a little bit more on some of their academy players and trying to get them time and and chances and opportunities which that's what they're there for. You know, it's nothing against them, but they may not be as worried about public perception and, and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And well, it's, I think we ran into that last year mm -hmm. with, with the Blossoms where, you know, a lot of us assumed that, you know, a lot of the Thinian players would just, you know, roll over to there. And um, we know a few that attempted and, and, you know, it just, you know, for whatever, you know, various reasons, it just didn't work out because, you know, the Blossoms were going more, you know, with, with players that they've known and, and developed as opposed to uh, going the traditional route. And then mm -hmm. I would assume Alamo City, you know, Alamo City is going to be doing the same thing where it's going to be that that path, uh, you know, path, you know, that path up to where, you know, they can, you know, hopefully be a feeder program into, you know, other professional teams, whether it's San Antonio FC, you know, or, you know, other future teams that, that come in, come in the area. Absolutely. I think that's going to be, you know, of utmost importance for these UPSL and, uh, you know, WPSL teams is to build, you know, you talk about where you're going to pull your players from, not just geographically, but, you know, developing these kinds of academies and, and feeder systems, you know, that's, I think, where a lot of these teams 
if we're going to have four teams in San Antonio, that's how you're going to kind of support those rosters, I feel like, you know. Well, that's a, a lot of the UPSL and uh, UPSLW news. Um, also, some announcements here uh, with San Antonio FC, starting with the uh, academy. I'm going to go check on Wyatt real quick, man, and uh, just, just walk us through kind of that academy match and, and their recent success here uh, against yeah. Houston. We'll do so, but take care of the young guy. Um, so the academy team this past weekend uh, had a pretty <laughs> successful uh, weekend with uh, uh, playing Houston Dynamo Youth. Uh, all three teams won. Uh, the SAFC U13 team um, won 4 nothing. The uh, U14 team uh, won 6-3. Uh, to three, And the um, fourth ranked out of the U.S. Soccer Developed Academy uh, SAFC under 15, one, four to one, uh, with, you know, all there. So, uh, for that here. So I think the next time they're in action is so next time they'll be in action will be, hold on one minute here. I think they're away. So that's why I didn't have it, have it set up here. It is going to be, Yeah, because they will have that home game that you spoke about, uh, the home games before the home opener. Well, I know they're here the opening day, which right. is March 9th. Right. But they have uh, a couple oh, weeks in between there. not going through. Well, they actually play. I want to say they play. Well, I know they play away when I was looking at it here. Yeah, the site's moving slow. So they play away, but yeah, I believe the next home match that on there is going to be the March 9th. Okay. Um, where it kicks off at noon, um, you know, and, you know, goes till I think what four o'clock was the last one that, that I think was mentioned here. Right. Um, so, yeah, so they're playing, yeah, Lone Star Academy on the, the 23rd. Or actually, they actually have a couple of them. So the U15s play the Lone Star Academy away um, in Austin on the 23rd. And then on March 2nd and March 9th, uh, their home, uh, you know, at that point here. So looks like here they will have now the U12s. Yeah, so they, they have the same schedule. So um, they'll play the Solar Soccer Club U13s and, and, and 15s and, and 14s uh, March 12th at, uh, at Star. And on March 9th, they play the Texans SC, uh, Houston's, uh, you know, also at Star. But uh, this, this weekend, they will be uh, away so okay but speaking of that uh for this weekend here um san antonio fc uh there's actually a match that we can kind of talk about uh coming up against el paso and one that we will be able to see unlike uh, this past weekend where uh there were two matches at toyota field uh one st louis was involved in both once against the bold um in st louis which was closed door but more importantly for us uh, San Antonio uh, FC and St. Louis played two 60-minute games. Uh, the first one was 0-0, and the second one ended 1-0 with the goal by the trialist again. So um, that would be two goals for the trialist. Um, and from my understanding, you know, in, in it, it almost was close to an own goal, but uh, you know, it was a cross that went in that you know magically found it in. So would love to tell you more, but. We don't know. <laughs> well, and, and you talk about, we can sort of talk about too, because obviously that um, 
home opener or preseason home opener, I guess I should say, is against El Paso Locomotive, who mm-hmm. we really don't have any uh, history um, to base anything off of. So, um, you know, I thought uh, Jonathan Footy posted a, uh, a great poll question kind of earlier mm-hmm. in the week talking about uh, some of the rivalries with these uh, teams, new teams that are coming to the USL, mainly Austin and El Paso, and just kind of who you considered more of a rival. Uh, you know, what did you think, Harry? Who do you consider more of a rival, uh, Austin or El Paso? Well, obviously Austin's going to be more of a rival. There's there's no, you know, and even even been, you know, speaking with Edson with, with RGV, San Antonio – dislike for Austin goes back to the Scorpions and the Scorpion years and Austin Aztec. So there's been that rivalry that's been there. You, you add in the sour taste of Austin FC, um, the MLS, you know, being, a, you know, perception took away, which I don't really, you know, foresee cause I don't think Garber wanted to come here personally, but you know, that's a separate discussion. Um, the Diego, uh, tier pack, Sonny, you know, AKA trialist, the, the, the original famous, uh, trialist, trialist, you know, up there. So it's that, that one's going to be hands down the favorite, the, the rival. Yeah. It, there, there's no, there's no way around it. Um, cause the other way, I, the other reason why I know that is, a lot of people, you know, that don't normally go on away trips are going to go to the Austin. Oh, absolutely. Where they don't, where they don't go down to RGV. Uh, people have already said, hey, they won't go to El Paso, you know, even though it's, a, you know, it's a long drive. It's an eight-hour drive, but it's an easy drive, you know, you know, out, you know, to and from. But, yeah, you know, it's, you know, I, I think in, in you, know, uh, you know, El Paso released their first podcast out today. Um uh, Fortnum, sorry, I don't have the name on top of my head, but they're, you know, their rival is going to be probably more, uh, well, obviously it's going to be New Mexico Mm because they're just up the road from them. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, could it develop on the pitch? That's possible. And and we've seen that happen where on the pitch, you know, it could develop. But, uh, you know, to me, you know, like I, I replied back to Jonathan, I think it's more like the energy where, you know, yeah, they're a rival, but they're not, you know, they're not the, you know, to me, they're a secondary rival, you know, where, you know, you want to beat them, you know, but if you had to choose between Oklahoma city and, and RGV, you'd pick Oklahoma city. So I think with El Paso, I think, you know, there will be, there'll be a rooting interest for them in some parts, especially against Austin and RGV. Um, But when we go head to head, obviously, you know, you know, we hope, we hope they're, you know, they lose, you know, 10 to nothing or 20 to nothing like the team, uh, you know, third division <laughs> team in Italy did. Uh, in the first week. half. Yeah. You know, and I think that's interesting because what creates a lot of rivalry, and it's interesting because they were talking about this on the Blitz on the way home today on ESPN Radio, and just, you know, kind of the fact that both teams almost have to win. You know, you can't really have a rivalry that's mm-hmm. just one-sided. You know, part of what makes it a rivalry is that both teams win. And uh, I think that, that it's going to be interesting, as you mentioned, I'll, I'll take Austin over El Paso. Uh, but do you feel like RGV is kind of just being forgotten about in this, you know, it seemed like in that first season, no. we were building this huge rivalry. And it's just, I don't know if any, does anybody get excited about RGV anymore? Because they haven't won lately. 
But that's not, if you really look at it, RGV owns the series record against San Antonio. They still own one, one more win over us than we do. So, and, and with RGV, it's, I think what's hurt the rivalry is when they release a player, they magically end up on San Antonio. Oh, yeah. So it's, that, to me that, you know, and, and, you know, yeah, Sebastian worked out well, but name another one that did. It, it hasn't. And, and you know, we're going to f- find out what's Kai Green this year. But it always seems like that <clears throat> we're getting, you know, you know, somebody cut that has MLS talent. So I'm not saying that they're not quality players, but, you know, it's almost like it goes from, you know, RGV to Houston to San Antonio to Austin. You know, just you know, just just in, in, in the, the player rotation. So um, I do think RGV will, as far as what the rivalry will be kind of hurt a little bit. Um, I think partially because I think, you know, just with the closeness between San Antonio and Austin, you're, you know, if Austin has fans and, you know, I've yet to hear anything about supporters groups or anything like that. So I'm not sure how well they're going to be attended. Um you know, in, you know, in, uh, you know, in Austin, but I have a feeling when Austin travels down here, you know, especially, I think it's on a 4th of July weekend, or, you know, I think there's fireworks for it, mm-hmm. um, that there's going to be more fans <coughs> that, that come down for that game that's ever been here for RGV. And, and that's the thing that disappoints me going both ways um, with RGV is, you know, I know we've took a couple of buses down or we took a bus down to there a couple of times, you know, especially the first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to say the second year. Um, but after that, really, there hasn't been between the teams that push to get fans to either, you know, to either side, which I think is what helps create that rivalry. If you, if you got in the, st- if you have in the stadium or in the tailgate area, you know, group of, of the Stampede and group of, you know, 210, Crocketeers and, and Mission 118, kind of, you know, having friendly banter, you mm-hmm. know, like said, you know, one of the most famous, you know, one of the best memories I have of the first years was the, you know, the, the two supporter groups, you know, you know, drumming away in the parking lot. I think that was awesome. And then they did it again in the stadium, which, you know, in the stadium was a little bit more tension filled because there was a little bit more alcohols consumed and there's player action on the field. So it was a little bit more intense, but, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's, that's the thing that I think with that's missing from the RGV aspect that that both sides haven't took advantage of is is to develop that you know to, to develop that history between the fan bases because you don't really you know you know I know you don't really to me I don't see a lot of communication that goes back and forth do you no, it's kind of funny you mentioned that that first trip or whatever down there to the valley uh, when we had the uh, the two groups out there in the parking lot and the uh, state troopers and everything kind of marking off the intersection mm-hmm. uh, in between us. And that was when one member from the stampede pulled down his pants and decided to moon us uh, and then got arrested and taken to jail. So things got a little tense out there in the parking lot, too, and there was plenty of alcohol uh, involved. But um uh, yeah, I just I, I feel like Austin is going to be a bigger rivalry. I mean, I almost look at Phoenix now too, and you almost have to consider them a rival just because of the quality of talent. I mean, maybe not as much now with Billy coming back and stuff like that. Not as many players from previously on San Antonio. I don't know why that feels like such a rivalry to me. I guess just because of you know Doer and and you know maybe it's not as big of a rivalry as what I'm, I'm making it out to be. But I think it's a rivalry on their side. <clears throat> 
but even it's kind of dying down because the, you know they've got more OC. They've got Vegas up the road. They're going to have New Mexico, which which is which is closer. El Paso, which is which is closer because I know one of the cool things that that uh, Rising fans are going to do is they're actually going to take you know an Amtrak from Phoenix, take it into El Paso. Um, so you know. So that'd be kind of a cool thing, especially with, you know, with El Paso being called the locomotives. That is pretty uh, badass. And, you know, it's, you know, to me, and I was looking at the prices, I was like, oh, hey, I would have done Cheap that. Cheap as hell, you know, yeah. Just, you know, because, you know, you're able to drink, assuming you yep. don't get two out there and get belligerent and stuff like that. But, you know, to me, I think that's a cool thing that they're going to have where, you know, you know, I, th- I think there is a rivalry there. But if, you, you know, to me, you talk about having to win, you know, Phoenix hasn't really had the best record against us now. You know, they did uh, close down the Diego area era last year, you know, with the with the Phoenix event. Um, we'll we talk about that. <laughs> you were there. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was a long drive back. I bet. Uh, Especially but, for uh, the players. And then, and, then, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, halfway in the middle of nowhere, you know, Twitter's blowing up going, hey, have you checked out this? And I was like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah that was that was interesting but uh what's well, it, good it, it, it'll it'll be interesting uh transaction wise uh, today uh we released a striker and got another striker so uh we mutually uh terminated the loan with uh fc alas from liga mx so with uh, jahira braza um interesting i don't think he ever played um, he wasn't. He didn't play up in FC Dallas, uh, you know, unless he was a late substitute, and in, in which you know didn't get reported. Um, and from you know, from what I've seen, I haven't been able to see if he played against St. Louis either. So um, it was a loan. Not sure what happened. Um, you know, I know Bruce was ahead of him as far as you know, you know, getting the the second team um, mm-hmm. depth chart. And but uh, coming over is Bradford Jamison, uh, the fourth uh, from on loan from. Uh, uh, LA Galaxy, uh, so a youngster that, uh, from what I've read about, has talent. Um, unfortunately, has a, had, had a little bit of history history with injuries, so you know that's why he that's why he hasn't really made it up to uh, the Galaxy full time. Uh, so I do find it's interesting that they are sending him out of the Galaxy system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, meaning not going down to Las Dos and giving him kind of a semi-fresh start so hopefully he comes in with a chip on his shoulder with something to prove because you know i think if he could have a good year here um you know it could lead to future opportunities um if he doesn't make a mark here i wonder if he'll quote unquote age out from you know from the galaxy system so well, he's 22 years old right now so uh, mm-hmm. as you mentioned it's kind of time to uh, for him to, to shine um only six matches played, it looks like, uh, last year in the MLS. So, as you mentioned, kind of another San Antonio FC signing that a lot of potential, just not a lot of minutes, which, I mean, so far, I think that's kind of looked pretty good for the club. Um, wh- what do you think, though, we were talking before the show, um, you know, Alex Bruce, kind of uh, a little bit of a, a local favorite here. You kind of mentioned that, you know, they, they dropped a striker, signed a striker, where, where does Alex Bruce fit into all this? That's the question. Because to me, you don't take on a loan from an MLS team 
And I understand, you know, they're not going to promise, hey, we're going to play them, you know, X, well, I'm hoping they're not going to play them X number of minutes or they're going to promise them that just because, you know, I like that we're an independent team and Coach Powell and, and Coach Marcina get to pick who they want to play based on, you know, um, performance and practicing games. To me, unless we're going to, you know, go two strikers up front, to me, I think he's got the talent to where – or you'd have to say that he's on par or ahead of Bruce, right? Right. You know, if, if, if he's MLS quality, oh. if, if he's MLS quality, you know, and he has minutes there, he has scored goals, you know, not, not a lot, but he, you know, first, I think when I read the press release, he has scored some goals that, you know. The man has it, scored it just, a goal before. And it's 20, it just, is this in his 23 makes... years playing soccer? Oh yeah, I mean with the galaxy. MLS. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I, you know, I know he's one. You know, I know he's one of the. You know, when Las Dos had their their fine academy with uh, McBean and uh, him, and I think there was one other that they were thought they were going to be the golden generation. You know, for you know for the galaxy, it just hasn't worked out for you know for yeah. them due to you know various injuries and stuff like that. But yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's good news for Bruce, and, you know, in, in my opinion. We'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully we, we get a little bit more info on that, you know, uh, there at the preseason match. Um, but that's that's going to be another storyline to follow this year. You know, Bruce sticks around and what's going to happen with minutes. But let's uh, let's cut this one a little short, man. Um, I got to get there to the kiddos. But I just wanted to, uh, you know, kind of give you a chance. Uh, any final thoughts or any subjects that we forgot to touch on before we uh, we wrap up the episode? No, the only final thoughts was is I thought it was kind of cool that we were ahead of the curve last week. Uh, we talked about uh, Leo Torres and when – I don't know, did we cover that, if he was going to be signed? We did. Um, we had that discussion uh, for that. So we had that. We talked about, uh, you know, how the academy team was uh, the fourth, uh, you know, rated fourth. And then you know, the following day that, uh, you know, SAFC came out saying, hey, we're rated fourth here. So <laughs> – I thought it was kind of – it was like, hey, are they actually listening? <laughs> of course. I'm telling you, man. Darren Powell watches this show. I'm telling you. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> He keeps asking about Todd. Cool. But, yeah, we actually didn't talk it because, uh, you know, Jose t- tweeted on and said, hey, we talked about this last night about, you know, Leo Torres being signed to the uh, to the official contract that ha- it dropped after we, we did the show. And, you know, I know you and I have broached the topic a couple times was – how soon do you bring these kids up if they're getting right. national teams? I guess the answer is immediately. Now, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Question answer. Yeah, well, between so, that and then, you know, just talking about the international matches, you know, and, and stuff like that for uh, Athenians, which I guess that one was kind of obvious a little. Well, it was one we thought, you know, but, you know, nothing been announced. That, or, and I know you and I hadn't heard anything official, nope. but – it would make sense if, if you're going to make a splash on, on, on the rebirth of, of, of your team and that's what you're known for. And you had that connection, you know, as Jose you know mentioned last week, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you tap into it? Especially when there's other competition that, that doesn't tap into it, you know, at this point. So. Absolutely. Yep. So that'll be exciting uh, again, March 3rd for that match. Um, like you mentioned, a lot of other tryouts starting to happen here in San Antonio, um, for any men's players ages 16 or older that are still looking for a team, um, I'm sure Samba still has some open tryouts. Like I mentioned, I know Corinthians have an open tryout on Saturday. 
Uh, the runners, you know, are always looking for players. Heck, if you just want to shoot us a message, I've actually had, you know, one or two players uh, from high school that have already graduated that just reached out to me, just kind of wondering, you know, who's, who's looking for people. So, you know, if we can ever help out in that regard, um, obviously here on a local level, we're happy to put you in touch with whoever to go out there for a trial. Unfortunately, I can't go try out for you, and I'm not sure you would even want that anymore. But Are I'll you put sure? you in touch. You're the best one out of us. No, 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 no. So we do have a championship game, though, uh, March 3rd, actually, that same Sunday. So I'm hoping for a 9 a.m. game, I guess, because we keep getting pushed back due to rainouts and everything, and we won the semifinals, so I guess we have one more game. Yeah, well, AJ's starting, or AJ and AJ, I guess, are starting. Uh, uh, they're going to be on the runners in the, the West Creek League. So, if you oh, really? Want the, the highlights on that. Uh, I can, I can, we can talk about that for about thirty seconds. <laughs> they had their first practice, and I was happy because uh, the coaches, you know, he knows more about soccer than than the previous coaches had. So they okay. were talking more about the dribbling and focusing on the offsides and, you know, and I kind of almost got AJ in trouble because I was like, pass it, you know, you know, pass it. And then, you know, he's like, you know, he didn't say anything to me, but I was like, oh yeah, let me sit back and not be helicopter parents. So that's all right, man. These guys know what they're doing. So we'll, we'll see how, how the season kicks off. And well, that'll be fun, man. Hopefully he enjoys it and has a good time. Yeah. It kicks off this weekend. So we will be in to know you got to get going to you know, check on your little guy. And oh yeah. Her. You know, I know she's more on the men, but uh, the little guy is missing his dad. So. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, again, thank you everybody for tuning in to the uh, San Antonio soccer Roundtable. Um, huge shout out to our friends uh, over there at POG pod who uh, shared our live uh, feed. I appreciate that. Um, you know, they're always doing great things over there. Uh, going to be doing something a little bit different, talking about a little bit more sports here than, than just soccer, which is always good. Uh, I've been to a uh, Corinthians game. I've been to a Commanders game, and uh, they're a lot of fun. So thank you guys for uh, sharing our post. And this is the San Antonio Soccer 30,000 strong last week. Now, again, two weeks in a row. And you know what? I'm going to say this one thing. This is my last thing. Last thing. Everybody wants to talk about how they needed a $250 $250 million bailout. Um, actually, I think I accidentally just clicked stop streaming. Oh, well. Yeah, you're, but, yeah, you're off. Yeah. <laughs> they said like a $250 million bailout. It's like what other league can you find somebody to drop $250 million on like a, a lower league sport? Well, I just said it wasn't a good look. Uh, you're, oh, you're back on now. And we are live again. Uh, YouTube is not receiving enough video to maintain. All right, we're going to cut this out because I don't know what's going on.